this is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never. My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. My girlfriend, Dana, and I had a short conversation. We were volunteering at the Green Beret Project Classic all weekend, so didn't actually have much time to do a podcast, but I still wanted to get something out this week. We didn't have any notes or anything written down, so I stumbled over my words a few times, but just wanted to bring you guys a quick reflection of the weekend and uh, supporting a really great cause. So I hope you guys enjoy this one, and I'll talk to you soon. No, because usually I always do the, I'm always input one. Well, now you're input two. Yeah, but <laughs> it was so confusing. It's funny, when uh, whenever I ask you to do a podcast, usually you shut me down instantly, and it was this weekend, it's I was like, oh, we... It's not an instant shutdown. It's like a delayed shutdown. <laughs> like, eh, maybe later. You have to be in a certain mood to do it. Yeah. Usually you're not. But I just, I felt like we should talk about this weekend. Yeah. It, I mean, this was the first weekend in a really long time that we moved with purpose. We got up in the morning and had something to do, and it was like we were there all day. So um, we volunteered at the Green Beret Project Classic, a CrossFit competition. It was at the Chase Center in Wilmington. And I, I didn't want to... You know, it's funny, like, I, I don't want to bring up volunteering as a pat on the back, or I want people to clap for us, but I do think even just talking about the Green Beret Project and hopefully getting a few listeners to even know what it what it is is yeah, a really some, cool thing. like, Google the Green Beret Project if you've never heard of it and stuff, you know? Yeah, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it was, um, so CrossFit competition two-day, which... You don't get a lot of, especially for lower level CrossFit competitions. Yeah, like local level. Yes. You should say local. Yeah, not lower <laughs> level. I w- it's funny. I, I actually wrote that down for... So if you go to a weightlifting meet, you typically don't see casual weightlifters who are really good. It's very hard to see somebody that you don't know who just walks in and snatches 120 or any females like snatching 90 or 95 that you've never heard of before and it's like all these crossfitters there's just a lot of people who are really good at doing fitness well there's a lot more crossfit gyms than there are weightlifting gyms and there's a lot more crossfitters than there are weightlifters mm. i mean that's like a fact right yeah we're not fact checking but i think that's a safe assumption yeah i think usaw has like thirty thousand ish members and usually over a hundred thousand sign up for the open in the u.s or worldwide I want to say that's U.S., but yeah. it could be worldwide, though. I, I there's know. a couple hundred thousand, I believe. I mean, we I are f- terrible. <laughs> we have to. We'll fact check this later. No, I. I mean, I finished twenty five thousandth in two thousand eighteen, and I was a pretty good CrossFitter. So there must have been <laughs> at least half a million people who signed up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I was thinking that like, there's a lot of people who are, who can move really fast. It's like. And, and especially over the weekend, I mean, six events is no joke. Yeah, I mean, I remember doing a CrossFit competition 
even one day, three workouts and hearing that there's going to be possibly a fourth, that was the one at KOP a few months ago, right? When I was partnered with... um, Justin. Yes. And yeah, when it was three workouts and I was like, okay, workout one, done, great, feel good. Workout two, done, good, all right, ready for the last one. And then I heard that we we were actually doing pretty well, surprisingly, (laughs) and Justin was carrying the team. But... When I found out that we might have to do a fourth workout, I'm like, holy shit, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do another workout. Like, I'm done. I'm toast. Um, But these guys that were competing this weekend, they had three workouts yesterday, right? Uh, Technically four, but it was 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 like 1A and 1B. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to call that three workouts yesterday and then two workouts today. And there was no final, like... um, top three teams have to battle it out in a surprise additional workout. It was just the three workouts yesterday and the two workouts today, but two days of competing, that's a lot. And I know some people who, this is like their normal training schedule, but uh, for the average CrossFitter and the average person that does CrossFit at your local box, it's like, wow, that's a lot of workouts in a short period of time. I mean, I've always talked about it on the podcast, how different the sport of CrossFit is versus actually just going to the gym for recreational, just trying to stay in shape and get a little bit healthier. And I think this weekend was when I really noticed it, like, wow, there is a big difference between what the methodology of CrossFit is and a competition. Like, you're just trying to send it every workout. There's no reserving there's no like oh tomorrow I might have a heavier workout or um I'm pretty stressed out I didn't sleep well that night it's yeah, like just no take you, it easy on this one yeah you don't there I mean over five or six workouts you really can't do that or you're not going to do very well yeah you have to crank it out they those teams this weekend they were cranking it out it was impressive do you th- this is just interesting for so for me since I have the podcast now everywhere I go I'm thinking about content for the podcast like how how can I bring this into something that I'm going to talk that I'm going to bring up but do you think about that as a nutrition coach like do you think about oh what are these athletes doing in between workouts or like a little bit a little bit I mean I helped our friend Mike a little with his nutrition. He had a couple questions like a few weeks ago and he said that he had an upcoming CrossFit competition. It wasn't this one. It was one a few weeks back, but he was like, this is how I usually fuel for the workouts and I usually feel like shit. So like, what can I do better? And I helped him out with that and he implemented those strategies for this comp. And he told me today he felt really good um, despite his elbow getting all jacked up. But um he felt really good. And yeah, when I went back, I actually spoke to Steve Foose and Mike and went in the back with the rest of the athletes and stuff. And um, I noticed like what people were snacking on and what they were doing. And it's hard to say like, oh, these people don't know what they're doing. Like that's not true at all. It's just like in the moment, in the day of, you just have to eat the food that is available. Like you just need the calories, you need the energy, you need the carbs. So, but yeah, I mean, I do think about it for sure. Yeah. I was always terrible at, um, like you have to prepare in advance if you actually do want to fuel yourself properly throughout the day. And then, I mean, 
like at the Chase Center, there was chips, there was candy bars, which probably were a better option than actually eating something <laughs> like a sandwich. It's probably better to eat a Snickers yeah, bar or something quick carbs. But yeah, I think I mean that's something that's underlooked. Maybe at at the local level, it's not as important. But if you yeah. start to get at the higher levels of CrossFit, that really it's definitely important. Yeah, it can determine the outcome of your competition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess I'll bring up the Green Beret project because I th- it was interesting. Like I didn't know too much about them. We know Adam from Thrive and Max does a great job of promoting it and you know just having it top of mind. But I didn't know actually what they do. So I did want to read a little bit off from the website. So okay. So the Greenberry Project offers at-risk youth dynamic programming after school and on weekends. During these sessions, adult cadre build rapport and trust while identifying the future young leaders for the program. There is informal and formal mentorship for youth to include instruction addressing areas of need. As Greenberry Project youth show that they are dependable through service projects, regular attendance, and responsible behavior, they are then asked to become leaders in the organization. So... I mean, this is like a huge underserved population. You don't, th- I mean, you don't think about, I guess it's hard to say when, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, I just want to pause you for a second and then you can collect your thoughts. I just okay. want to reiterate a little bit, but also elaborate on what the Greenberry Project does and I'm not an expert, but like I've interacted with Adam a lot because of Lululemon Mm -hmm. and him coming in and um, us trying to support him from that store level and then talking to Max, of course. But, you know, from what I've gathered from Adam, Adam's got a wicked story. He is someone who I admire the shit out of. Like he and I think you know this, but he um, basically had a very rough upbringing and he was dealing drugs and he grew up without a father figure and he was just doing a lot of really nasty shit and um, getting in a lot of trouble. And he got in enough trouble that he ended up in prison. He served seven years, I want to say, in a federal prison and got out and he told this story on one of our Lululemon staff meeting calls and I was like, the way he speaks and the way he tells the story, I'm doing it no justice right now, but I was in absolute tears. He, um, he actually works closely with the police officer that put him away in jail. He works closely with him now. And he um, just dedicates his life right now to helping kids not end up the way that he ended up and I think that's something that should be just praised because you know not many people I can't say that but I feel like not many people you know we see homelessness out on the streets or we see um, we drive through a rough area of town not here in Westchester, but in general, like you drive through a rough area and there's a lot of graffiti and there's people on the streets and there's, you know, drug deals going on. And you think like, oh, this is a bad area. I need to get out of here. But do you think about what you can do to help that area, to help those kids, to 
provide more guidance. And that's what Adam is doing and Max is doing and Greenbury Project is doing. And to me, that's so commendable. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think what I was trying to say is, so I had a good childhood. When I went to when I went home from school, I had warm meals. I had a bed to sleep in. You take that pretty for granted if you don't know anybody who's in that situation. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people like like he mentioned. Sometimes it's like they you know, learn how to apply for a job or learn how to set up a bank account. Nobody is teaching them how to do that. And I mean, all the people that I went to school with, a lot of them, I would say 90, 95% of them were raised. You don't really know what goes on in people's houses, but they were, they were set up enough. Like you, you were given guidance, but some people don't have any guidance. So to have somebody who's a male role model or female role model is huge yeah and actually adam it is a male role model because adam made a good point when he was talking to us at lululemon um a lot of the underserved youth are are growing up without that father figure and we don't really understand you know what that lack of a father figure does for their upbringing but it's important for them to see what it's like to be a man and what it should be and the role that that, you know, should provide. And I don't know. It's very interesting. Just the whole thing. It's very interesting. I hope, I hope those of you that are listening and don't know about the Green Beret Project. And if you want to (laughs) hear more about what it is and actually have people who, sound better talking than I do. Um, there's some awesome videos on their website too. And just, you know, or reach out to Max and Adam. I mean, they'd be happy to talk about it, I'm sure. Yeah. And I'll definitely link it up in the show notes. So if you want to head to the website or um, they do have donations and stuff and ways to get involved. So I would yeah. highly recommend that you do that. I'm actually reading this book right now and it, it's funny. It relates to to not just the Greenberry Project, but it's called Woke Inc. And basically it's the title is like Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. And you hear about all these these movements of social justice. But how often are companies actually backing something that makes a difference in the community? Like people who are actually out there doing it, you know? It's just for me it's it's very cool to see firsthand that there are actually organizations like this that do make a difference. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can you can go online and you can donate money to somebody who you don't know or you can actually get involved. And I mean, that's something that I haven't been like I haven't really volunteered in, since college or anything. So so just doing that kind of opened my eyes that there are it doesn't have to be a big thing, but just throwing money at stuff I don't think is always the most genuine route to go. Yeah. I mean, it's def- it's helpful for, you know, certain organizations that rely on donations. Green, oh, yeah. They need money for sure. One of yeah. them. Um, yeah, they need money to operate and they need money to provide for whatever it is their cause is. But, um, yeah, I think getting out and doing it. I mean, I've I've always loved volunteer work 
and I speak highly about it, but like I don't do it enough either. I haven't done it in several years. Um, you know, there's just, I don't know, we can make up all the excuses and it just comes down to not making it a priority. But I'm glad that we made this a priority this weekend. I'm really happy that you did day two with me. Um, I think a lot of people, like, do you think the majority of the people who volunteered this weekend, I mean, let's reiterate, it was a CrossFit competition. Do you think a lot of the people that volunteered realized how big of a deal it is that they were volunteering their time for this cause? Or do you think it was like, oh, it's a CrossFit comp. They need some help. I'm going to go have some fun. I mean, I can't speak for other people. And it can be both. It's obviously both. I would think it's probably down the middle. Like, you know, it's a good cause, but you're, I mean, it's like anything. Like, you need bodies to get shit done. Yeah. But like after, there's a lot of money that's going to go into that organization that actually will make a difference. Yeah. So I think, I think that part is cool. Like, you need the day-to-day stuff to to fund this and you need like we noticed there was so many moving parts oh my gosh just like I mean think about just getting the rig down tonight we weren't there for the setup but it took 15 20 people to make sure no one died getting that thing (laughs) down so so you need a lot of people so even if people didn't notice that it was a good cause oh they definitely noticed it was a good cause I think I didn't mean for it to sound like that but I think um, maybe I meant they heard it was a CrossFit comp. They were like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. It'll be fun. I'll see you with my friends. And then they heard, oh, what am I actually volunteering for? Like, I hope that's what happened. I hope some people that didn't really know or wasn't, they weren't that familiar with the Green Beret and what they were actually volunteering for and fundraising for. I hope that kind of like generated like, wow, I'm helping them raise money and do this this big event so that they can do all of these things in their own community like I think that's really cool CrossFit's really good about that I feel like they do bring together a community and like when you can bring together a strong community of people they'll do a lot a lot together yeah so like if we have 20 15 20 people at our gym who who really care about supporting something you can do that really fast in CrossFit. I think that that community aspect. I feel like, I mean, I always talk about loving CrossFit so much, and I haven't done it in like six weeks. Haven't done a workout, but I feel like six weeks is <laughs> not that. I think it was longer than that. Okay, it might be like <laughs> two months, three months at this point. Um, but did you feel like you know how when you go to it? I when I go to a weightlifting meet. And I'm not lifting. Maybe I'm judging or maybe I'm just spectating or something. I'm like, oh, this gets me itching to want to go out and do another meet. Like, did watching the competitors yesterday and today make you want to do another CrossFit comp? No. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) I said this was like the first time that I've ever watched a sporting event. And I said, wow, I actually want to do that less now. (laughs) Growing up, I always loved baseball football basketball i would dress up in full sixers eagles uniforms to go out in the backyard and in the driveway and this i'm like yeah no (laughs) 30 calories on the bike just the way those guys were pumping through it 
the girls were going fast too. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the rope climbs, that was a little bit of a disaster, but <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just, just minor thing. doing that stuff four time is, it's way different. Yeah. I almost competed at this. Yeah, me like too. I, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm really glad that we didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's that methodology versus the sport. The sport does not intrigue me whatsoever anymore. I do, I do find it really impressive, because at least because I do have some experience competing and doing the opens and stuff. I know how good all these people are. That I'm like, damn, that's impressive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even watching, there was a wide range of ages in the athletes too. So like, they ranged from. I think 14 was the youngest, um, maybe even 13. And they, what was the oldest athlete? I don't know. Probably in their 60s, 50s. Yeah, probably 50s at least. But like, man, they were all taking this so seriously, which is great. But I was like, oh, I don't know if I would be able to, (laughs) I definitely wouldn't be able to keep up, but I don't know. I I admire the relentless like determination to get through each workout. And there were a lot of aspects of some of those workouts. Like there was a lot that you had to remember and a lot that you had to do in order to progress to the next step. So it was really cool. I loved watching Karis and Molly and Rachel, Rachel right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. They were so good. I texted Karis put something on Instagram. And I reacted to it and she was like, oh, thanks for volunteering or whatever. And I was like, you guys were like a fan favorite. You, They had the crowd going like. I mean, they won every event. I know. I know. But I feel like even if they. I know. No, they still. Yeah. <laughs> even if they didn't. I don't know. Like they just had such a. They brought a crowd of people anyway. Like they had a lot of support. But I feel like. Everyone who wasn't there to watch them, they ended up watching them because they were so good and so it was entertaining to watch them. Yeah, I was definitely looking over even as I was, I think I was judging one of the events today, but I was looking at them to see where they were in the in the um, workout, which is funny. Yeah, I got to judge them today. It was fun. You know what I like? How you mentioned that there was a bunch, a bunch of older people competing, like they had a master's division and... I guess it was there was masters forty to forty five, and there might have been just masters. Older. I think it was just masters in general, but you had to be at least forty to be okay. in masters. But like, how many people in the in the country are forty, fifty years old who have no hobbies? They don't have one thing that they would ever sign up for a weekend yeah. and take seriously well, and go to. I mean, it's a lot of people's moms out there. I mean. It just makes me sad when like people aren't passionate about stuff and it doesn't have to be something that makes you money. It doesn't have to be something that's like this huge thing that you have to travel for. Like I think it's really cool when people are passionate about anything. Like I'm getting into jujitsu. I love that. I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about weightlifting, but if you're 50 years old and you and you do knitting 
and like you can actually have a conversation and get somebody excited who who might not be into it i think that's like the mark of passion like you can definitely tell when somebody really cares about something even if it's something that you would never be into you can have a conversation with them and be like oh that's pretty cool you do that i'm sitting here thinking though this is oh i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this but you never get hate for anything you said on the podcast that's not true they just don't say it to our face um i don't know i just can't get behind the video game stuff like People that sit down, I mean, I've had coworkers, all of my jobs that I've ever had, coworkers that, many coworkers that just love playing video games and they go home from work and they play hours of video games. I just, and granted, they might be passionate about it. That's cool. But I just can't get behind that. And I think part of it is like, I would rather experience the real world than the world that's in the video game. And I know video games have come a long way over the years and it's very realistic now and it's really cool how they can create these worlds and stuff. But I don't know. I would so much rather see people get passionate about something a little bit more active. <laughs> Not that knitting is more active, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it, it's... I mean, it is science that moving your body makes you feel good. Like you, you have these feel-good hormones and neurotransmitters. And I'm, but also the TV is giving those same. Mm. That's giving them the the serotonin release too. Like, I I don't know. I feel like I've heard that somewhere where it's like, or the dopamine, right? It's yeah. the dopamine that you're getting from doing something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy video games and you're watching hours of video games. You're getting that dopamine, that reaction, but they don't realize that there are different hormones that you can feel good, you know, by moving your body and exercising and stuff. Yeah. Something that's interesting is there's people do like dopamine fast where they don't use technology or, you know, like you basically don't have any inputs for a long time like 24 hours or a week or something, people try to do this. But I was listening to a scientist explain it, and he said, you can't actually do a dopamine fast. Your brain just produces those chemicals naturally. Mm -hmm. So if you eat something, you're going to release dopamine. Yeah, it, Ooh, like, if, chocolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was cool. But it was definitely interesting to see people do, you know, 24, 48 hours where they just don't take any input. I talked about that um last week with dr swart like we have input constantly and even for me at work i'm on the computer for work for eight hours i mean i take a break but a lot of times i'll take a break off the computer to go look at my phone or look at my other computer so right, i can like talk not... to podcast people and we just have input 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 constantly and then we try to go to sleep <laughs> And it's like you never have that that period. I mean, we've been talking lately too. I mean, I'm a I'm weird in the sense that if you text me at seven o'clock, I might not get back to you till the next day. Right. But I like that though. And we've talked recently about how, you know, sometimes I've been getting better with putting my phone down. I I don't sleep with my phone next to me anymore in the bedroom. It's out of the bedroom. It's in the kitchen. Um but 
I've been doing better recently with putting the phone down, you know, a while before we go to bed. And sometimes, you know, my mom, for example, she texts me. Uh, texting is just such a, um, for lack of better words, like an instant gratification thing. Like you text somebody, you usually get a response right back. But if I don't text back, and I, I'm saying this because I know that you don't do this either, um, but if I don't text back right away, she either A, thinks something is wrong, B, gets pissed off because I don't respond and she needed an answer faster. But like we live in this world now where we're expecting people to text us right back. And I praise people that put their phones down for a while and don't you know, check it all the time to respond to those text messages because man, it does feel so good when I, if I forget my phone, like the day that I forgot it when I went to work last week or something, um, it felt so good just not having it. It was like a sense of freedom. And I've been on weekend retreats with my last job and where we didn't have any cell service. So we didn't use our phones at all. I mean, it was worthless. It was literally, we used them to take some pictures, but we couldn't post them. We couldn't go on the internet. It was uh, it was just freeing. And I feel like, I, I hope more people start to do that so that they can get that sense of freedom and that happiness back and then expect less from other people. Like don't expect them to respond right away, you know? It's trying to bring that into the real world. A lot of times when you do that, when you're away in the cabins or in the mountains or whatever, you you go from you're 100% connected to, wow, I'm 0% connected. And then usually you go back and it's like, oh, now I got a bunch of text messages. Now I got to check Instagram. Yeah. And you don't have it's that. It's forgetting that you felt so good. Yeah. Right? And, and there's no way to, I mean, you can, I've tried a million different ways trying to, delete Instagram, setting a timer on my phone, trying to do certain things. And I really don't, it's like food. You can't really cut any, you shouldn't cut anything entirely. Like a lot of people might cut carbs and go on the keto diet for a couple of weeks. And then they're like, oh shit, go. I miss bread. Here we go with the keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> I always bring up the keto diet as an example, but I think it's easy to, to bring up something where you're restricting so much and then usually you just end up going back to whatever you were doing, or usually worse. I like that you said that you use the term restriction, because I use that all the time in nutrition coaching, but restricting yourself, like we shouldn't 100% restrict ourselves from social media or from texting or whatever, but finding the balance, right? It's like nutrition. You find a balance with food and diet. You find a balance to fit some exercise in your in your weekly schedule, your daily schedule, find balance with getting your put, putting your phone down getting off your phone yeah it's like where do you integrate that because some people have kids and they want to you know if their kids are out they want to make sure that they're okay right and that's understandable yeah so it's i mean for us i think it's pretty easy because we i mean we don't have a ton of responsibilities that we need to get back to asap like it, it, it is always nice when I mean, when somebody texts you to get back to them, but it's like, at, at what cost are you going to do, do that? Sending one or two text messages, is that worth 
what it's going to cost you mentally or physically. Yeah. It's nice. Maybe, you know, like this weekend, I didn't have my phone on me much because I just couldn't with judging and just being involved um, with everything going on. But when we when we wrapped up yesterday, I, what time did we even leave yesterday? Probably four, four or so. I think we got Maybe home at like four. Maybe earlier. Yeah. It was like three something. Um, but, you know, we would just check our phone after and then respond if we needed to respond to anything and catch up on a little bit of scrolling. I feel like because if you scroll on Instagram, I don't know about everybody else. I don't follow like that many accounts. I, I don't follow 5,000 different accounts where I'm seeing so much variation and different stuff. I see the same shit on the feed. It's... I'm, I can see the same videos or the same types of videos, you know. So I can scroll for a couple minutes and be like, all right, I'm done with this. I, I don't, I, I can put this away. Um, but I know I have friends who are on TikTok and I'm so glad I'm not on TikTok. But they can sit there and scroll for hours and... It's just all these different videos and just it just sucks you in and that's what they're that's the point of it. Um but yeah, I don't know. Balance I mean that's that TikTok is probably just a straight dopamine app. You just every time it's a new video, your brain's like Boop. ding. Yeah. There's little, the dopamine ding. Little bit of uh sprinkle dopamine <laughs> and sprinkle dopamine. Joop, joop. <laughs> it's yeah, it's funny. I mean the technology is designed to be addictive. I, the one book I, I, I don't know if I brought it up yet, but it's called Civilized to Death by Chris Ryan. And he was basically talking about how we've always said society is advancing and we're in much better situation than we were 10,000 years ago or whatever. And he's like, maybe we're not. Maybe those people were much happier. Maybe when... They went to bed when the sun went down and they woke up when the sun came up and a hard day's work meant you were hunting or you were taking care of kids or whatever. And then at the end of the day, like you're done, you're just sitting by the fire, you're eating. Hopefully you had a, you had a deer kill or a moose or whatever, whatever animals are in your region. But like you're sitting around the fire eating, you have community, people that love you, people, um, family friends and you guys just sit there and then it's like oh it's time for bed and then you wake up the next day and hopefully you do more hunting or you go get water at the stream and like that's it that's simple and like is our way of living better is waking up every day and going to a job that you hate and then you know doing drugs to cope with that every weekend you have to get super high and people get blackout drunk just to forget that they work at this job that they hate right it's it's hard to say because I mean we weren't here 10,000 years ago so I mean that was even just a couple hundred years ago you know and it's I think technology is um it's helped in many ways advance our our lives and stuff but I I don't know I think we're advancing too much I mean, how fucking weird is it that we're gonna we're sitting on the couch talking to each other, and we have all this fancy technology on our bodies <laughs> to actually get this out there? But like, people can listen to our actual conversation that we had. That's pretty wild, yeah, to me. And I've learned so much through 
listening to other people's experiences. So, I mean, there is benefits. There's a lot of benefits to this yeah, stuff. Absolutely. It's just bringing it back to that balance, just balancing it out and making sure that we're not just relying on this all the time. Is there anything that you found that worked besides just like kind of putting your phone down for a little bit at night? Mm, that definitely helped. I think I've been doing more reflecting over the last probably year. I've been doing more reflecting in the last year than I have ever done. And I reflect on how I feel how I felt that day like I do this through journaling at night but I reflect on things that have happened but I don't necessarily I don't just use my journal for like oh I did this today I had a sandwich for lunch I got mad at traffic I don't use it for that I use it for this is what I was thinking about a lot today and I wonder why I was thinking about this and this is how my thoughts made me feel and I just reflect on those types of situations and it it then spirals into I bet if we sat here and like read my journal from last year it would just kind of spiral into what I am thinking about life and it's not like there's some day-to-day stuff sprinkled in there but it's just journaling helps me a lot I think that was the question that you asked me but I, I think that really it really does help a lot and that's why I try to talk to people more about journaling and just getting their thoughts like out of their head onto paper and it'll it has the ability to release that stress sometimes yeah reflection's big if you don't if you're you're just you keep going you never look back on stuff and I one thing I mean I think I've learned from from being with you for the last couple years is that I had this unrealistic expectation out of life that everything was just supposed to be happy all the time. I just thought that we were, you know, we're just supposed to do everything and be happy and like you shouldn't get mad at little stuff or you shouldn't, you know, have a bad day. Like I I think you should like once you leave work, that's it. You leave work and why are we still talking about what happened at work? And it's like, no you have to actually reflect on those things. Why did that comment make you upset? And then a lot of times you talk about it and then 15 minutes later, you're over it Mm -hmm. instead of where you feel better rather than stewing on it in your head. And it's like, Oh, I'm just so mad about this, but you didn't let it out. Yeah. And I mean, we've told each other that a lot of times you say stuff and it comes off to me as complaining but I complain in my head and you complain out loud <laughs> and that's it. There's no, we're both doing it. It's just that I don't voice that opinion. Mm. So that's been a learning process for me. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like this is good. We, we always struggle whenever we do a podcast to like actually recreate our nightly conversations. But I feel like this is, what a normal night sounds like for us yeah it's pretty pretty close i feel like we'll talk a little like 10 minutes or 15 minutes about something and then make dinner and then go back to a conversation or just start a whole new conversation i feel like it's kind of hard even hard sitting here having 
just a full on conversation with you because I, I just feel like, man, now I'm thinking about the flow of the podcast and like, how did we get to here and stuff? But I don't know. I think it's cool that we can just sit here and have a conversation. And if people like it and if they listen, that's great. And if they don't, you'll have another guest next week. I mean, a real guest. It's fun. I always bring stuff up to you. Like, what do you think about that? I've just always thought about stuff like super in depth. Even if it's something small, I'm like, why, why is that? Why do you think that is? Why do people think this way? Why do, like, why did someone post that? And then uh, I'm like super interested in, about that stuff. I guess it is good that I have a podcast because I'm just curious. Yeah. And then you get to learn and hear different people's perspectives and just have these different conversations. I'm so glad that you're doing this every single week. Like you're super consistent and I'm, I'm really happy that you keep, you keep this up. Yeah. The consistency part is like, I mean, you, you can't see it when you do it. It, every day, every Sunday, I do. I always edit the podcast on Sunday. Sometimes I do them on Sunday, but it doesn't add up on Sunday. It's like, oh, I'm doing this again. Like it's fun. Usually, I had a good conversation. Like I'm excited to listen to it back a little bit and make sure it sounds good. But I mean, I saw Mike who did the Green Beret thing, and he was on the podcast like a year and a half ago, which is insane. Oh, that your it, friend Mike. Yeah. Yeah. That it's still been going that long. Yeah. I've never done anything that's been this consistent for this amount of time. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. It's fun. <laughs> I think I do have the personality for it. Not like I'm saying I have the greatest personality or anything, <laughs> but like just the curiosity, just the asking questions mm -hmm. and like genuinely being interested. I don't know. That's something I try to do all the time. Yeah, I can see that with you for sure. I have seen that. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I was talking to weightlifter, talking to a bunch of weightlifters. Why do you train this way? Wait, what do you do on your rest day? And then. Yeah. What do you do outside of the gym? Yeah. And here it was like, it made for a good podcast, but also I learned a ton from it. Right. So I'm stealing all these guys, these uh, insights. Yeah. But I'm excited what's to come. I feel like it's been nice. Like we're, we're traveling a little bit. The podcast is in a good spot with guests and it's really cool that you recently put up on Instagram, a suggestion box of like who people want to have. And I know you've done that in the past, but didn't really get a whole lot of input this time. And I think it's because your podcast has grown so much over the last year or so. I think you've gotten a lot of really great suggestions and I'm excited to see I know you were supposed to have a couple conversations this weekend and they got pushed back to this coming week, but um, I'm excited for who you're going to have coming up. Yeah. Everybody's different. Like, everyone I talk to, no one's really said the same thing. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Like, And everyone who's pushing, who's like super serious about something, who has that passion, you can take something away from them. Even if they're passionate about something that you hate, you can take something from that. How they organize their week or a productivity tip or just something small. Yeah. I think, I mean, I try to take that from everybody. I hear a comedian and I'm like, 
I, w- I wonder how much he actually practices for this. <laughs> I think about that stuff. So, well, cool. I think this was fun. I yeah. think uh, definitely if you guys are still tuned in, look at the Green Beret Project. There will be a link in the show notes that you can head there. You can donate. You can uh, reach out to Adam or Max Cutler directly if you want to get involved further. But I know... Um, it's something I'm sure that we'll be trying to do more of. I know they were already talking about doing a second annual event. So mm-hmm. hopefully maybe next year they'll bring a weightlifting portion, get a, get a different sport involved. But yeah, I'd love to see that grow and, and I know they want to grow with, um, with sponsors and with, um, yeah, sponsors like out in the, it was at the Chase Center. So out in the lobby area and stuff like that. So if anyone is listening and they want to get involved in that respect, then definitely reach out to Adam and Max. So very cool. It was a great weekend. Glad we did it. Yeah. I'm exhausted now though. I know. I'm ready for bed. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, just let somebody know, tell them that you listened to the better than yesterday podcast this week and you really liked it. So that would make my entire week if you could do that. If you want to support further, you can shout us out on Instagram at Better Than Yesterday Pod. Send me a DM of guest recommendations, anything you guys need from me. Just be sure to reach out. Let me know. I always enjoy talking to uh, new people and having new guests on the show. So thank you guys. I look forward to bringing you another episode next Monday. Talk to you later.